In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, if you're listening on the radio, good afternoon to you, and perhaps you're listening on a podcast uh, so around the world. So good morning, good afternoon, evening, wherever you are. A warm welcome to all of you to The Kingdom and Its Stories. The Kingdom and Its Stories is about how people are living out their lives, following Jesus and serving as his hands and feet, serving as the hands and feet of Jesus. So I'd like to uh, welcome my friend, Mishach. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Julian. Now tell me, brother, where, where are you in the world? Where, what, what city, what country are you in? I am uh, in Kenya, um, in Nairobi. That is where I live and uh, serve the Lord. And uh, so, so, so how do you serve the Lord? Um, of course, serving the Lord means uh, uh, serving the people of God. And um, as a church, I, I am a pastor of a, a small Pentecostal church with just um, a slightly over 60 members. And uh, I began um, serving as um, an associate pastor in uh, this church for the last 20 years i've been an associate pastor uh, but from 2014 i've been uh, pastoring this church because um, our former um, uh, senior pastor uh, passed on uh, went to be with the lord and so i took on the leadership of the church around 2014 and so um um, and, and since I've, um, I've been, I was introduced to uh, the harvest material, um, so I've been uh, serving my community sacrificially with the love of God. Of course, being able to um, identify some of the needs we um, around us and uh, being able to meet those needs. Well, wonderful. Well, well, first of all, well, I want to thank you for a plug you gave for the Harvest Foundation. So well done, Mishak. You, uh, you spoke of thank Harvest. You. <laughs> and uh, what is Harvest? Well, it's the organization I work for. And uh, we teach a curriculum that uh, evangelism is essential, getting the good news that God loves uh, all people and that he's calling all people to him. Uh, whatever nation you're from, whatever color of skin you are, uh, God uh, loves you and is calling you, but also he's calling you so that you may go out and serve others. And so, Mishach, you spoke of that, of how um, you're reaching out to your local community, you and your, your, your church body. So, so to give us some examples, how, how are you reaching out to your local community? Um, one of the things I... I like so much um, when you look in the book of Acts, chapter 1, um, St. Luke writes to his friend Theophilus, and uh, 
Uh, he says that uh, in his former book, um, he wrote what Jesus began both to do and to teach. And so um, that has really impacted on my life because sometimes uh, as uh, the people of God and as a pastor, we are quick to teach people about um, uh, what ought to be done, uh, but there is not uh, the practical part of it. And so um, when I took the leadership of the church, I felt that uh, it was not just uh, enough for the people of God to uh, to hear the word of God, to learn the word of God, but needed also to have practical ways of uh, uh, sharing the love of God. And so it's not just um, um, about getting the teachings of the word of God, but really practicing what the word of God says. So if the word of God says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so we look in our neighborhood and uh, sacrificially we use the little we have to serve our neighbors. One of the things we've done in the past and we still do is to identify some needy uh, children among us and uh, we help in paying their school fee So almost every year we identify a needy child and mostly an orphan and uh, we help in paying their school fee. The church does not have much, but we feel that it is our responsibility as the people of God uh, to be able to use what we have to show uh, God's love to our community. That's wonderful. Misha, we've got this, I can hear this little child in the background with you. Who's that? Is that your is that your is that your child? Is that your grandchild? Yeah, or? that's my daughter. Ah, okay. Well, wonderful. <laughs> She's four years old. Okay, okay. Well, wonderful. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, tell her to join us if she wants to. But um, so you you were saying how uh, the call is to to reach out to the the community around us um, and um, reaching out, and that you, you were saying that um, even though uh you know that the church uh, isn't rich uh in in physical resources uh, that doesn't negate the fact that you're still called to go out and share what you have you know and that's that's easy for um uh perhaps um uh, for people somewhere else who who have a lot more money a lot more resources you you know as as Jesus said of the widow and the widow's might you know it's kind of like these people yeah. with lots of money, they're giving out of their wealth. You know, they're, they're giving huge amounts and, and amen to that, you know. But but uh, really, it's the widow who um, she she gave like, you know, a fraction, you know, sort of like, you know, well, what are we going to do with that? You know, so uh, <laughs> it's so small. <laughs> and yet, you know, uh, Jesus was saying, you know, it, it, he's looking for the heart. He's looking for the heart of the person and what they're giving and the fact that she was giving sacrificially meant so much right. more to him than the um, the people who were giving out of their wealth, you know, who even though they were giving big sums of money, you know, they, they, they wouldn't even notice that it that it had gone. So yeah. uh, it, it, so your you have those experiences within the members of your church? Yes, um, really, we um, have very needy people among us. And uh, as a pastor working uh, in this kind of environment, 
uh, you are expected not only to care for the spiritual needs of the people, but also for their physical needs. Mm. In fact, just um, a few minutes ago before um, I came on, um, one member of the church told me that, Pastor, I don't have what to eat today. Could you please help me with uh, uh, some little money? So I had to send like uh, uh, $2 um, uh, just a few minutes uh, ago. And uh, and so this is um, uh, something that happens uh, many times. And these are people that are really in need. But... Uh, uh, one of the teaching, uh, a key teaching um, in Harvest is that um, the Lord expects us to uh, invest in the kingdom. And when it comes to investing in the kingdom, it's both the responsibility of the rich and the poor. And so we are not going to use um, our scarcity to, um, as an excuse for not obeying God. And so, um, and, and it's a teaching that I've always uh, shared with the members of the church that uh, even though we are needy, uh, but the Lord is calling each one of us to, to invest in the kingdom. And um, uh, the, the, the widow that you've just mentioned uh, is, is one of the key lessons that we have. And also uh, we look at the, uh, the widow who fed um, um, Elijah. Indeed, she had very little, and yet uh, uh, the little we have, when we put it in the hand of God, mm-hmm. as we help the people that are in need, uh, the Lord comes in and multiplies it. The Lord comes in and uh, um, um, and, 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 and would do something greater out of the little that we have. And so we, um, it, it's a teaching that I want to encourage my members, and, and, and I've done that severally. And so uh, the members of the church actually know that they need to use whatever they have, whatever the Lord has given them to meet the needs of the people around them. Well, that's wonderful. You know, and so there's, I, I often think of the uh, the widow and the widow's might, you know, that, that story, because, you know, uh, when when riches are placed into God's hands, he does miraculous things with them. You know, the examples obviously are the the fish and the loaves, you know, just feeding a multitude out of a very small amount. I was uh, chatting to uh, John Thomas, who's in uh, Cape Town, uh, South Africa, and he was saying how God is using 350 people within his organization um, in order to serve 28,000 people, you know, and so just how... God takes a small amount and uses it, mm-hmm. you know. And just with the the widow's mite story herself, she thought she was just giving a couple of couple of uh, coins, you know, a, a fraction. Sure. Um, and yet, this story, the story about her being told through the millennium, the last two thousand years, has encouraged so many people to give more sacrificially. Yes. That in in, in actual sure. essence, she gave more than the uh, mm-hmm. than those who gave out of their wealth, and so. God uses us. True. God uses us powerfully, but um, so so you've been reaching out uh, materially uh, to those around you, and uh, I know that uh, you are are um, not not an extremely wealthy man, you know, and and yet you're you're giving, and I know that there are many people in your church are not are not uh, extremely rich, but are sharing yes. what they have 
with with others in order to love others so so materially you're helping in a very big way how how are you how's the church uh helping um spiritually um because um as as uh with your country uh, as with my country um you know there's obviously a big a big spiritual need so so how how are you feeding the, uh, the people in nairobi spiritually yeah, we also preach the word. Of course, um, even the material things, if you give them without explaining why you give them, uh, sometimes you may be misunderstood. And so what makes us different from uh, the other people that are probably doing the same things is that uh, we are doing this because we love the Lord. Mm. And so we get an opportunity also to uh, be able to share the word of God uh, in our church, for example, we uh, we do have different programs uh, uh, that are geared towards um, um, grounding people in the world. We do have uh, uh, Bible studies where uh, we um, read the Word of God and discuss together. We have uh, uh, the women department that is actually taking care of um, uh, the women in our church. We have the youth department. We have uh, uh, the children's church. We have men's fellowship. And uh, um, like, for example, in the men's fellowship, we uh, do house-to-house visitation. And usually when we go to visit with um, uh, the different members of the men's fellowship, we also encourage them to invite um, uh, their neighbors so that we can come and share the word of God uh, uh, together. Mm. Uh, but when we do um, a physical outreach, like when we provide for things, we look also for opportunity to explain ourselves why we do what we do and so that we are not mistaken for um, just any other organization. But we uh, we share the word of God and we share the word of God with people and uh, tell them that actually it's because of the Lord's uh, great love that we are doing what we are doing. Mm. And so um, there is that opportunity actually for uh, people to listen to God's word and respond to it. Amen. You're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. My name is Julian Gibb. And today, if you've just tuned in, we're listening to uh, my friend, Mishach, who is in Nairobi, Kenya. And so, Misha, you, you, you sort of answered uh, my next question, really, but uh, um, perhaps you can elaborate a little bit more. You know, my, my question is this. You know, if, mm-hmm. if, uh, if, resource, if there aren't that many resources, material resources uh, available where you are, why, why, yeah. on earth, why on earth would you share with other people? Why not, why not keep it to yourself, you know, and uh, make sure that uh, you have a more comfortable life, a more comfortable material life? You know, why, why on earth would you share with, with other people? And, and even more, why would you share with strangers? Why, why would you do that? Um, I think one of the things that I've learned over the years um, uh, that I've been uh, a believer and in the ministry uh, is the aspect of uh, um, if we keep anything that the Lord has given us unto ourselves, it remains the same. Mm. There is no increase. 
there is no addition. And yet when we use whatever little that the Lord has given us, there is a way in which God comes through for us. Uh, sometimes uh, I may want to keep whatever I have, but then there is a way in which uh, the enemy would take away that which I have. Most probably I become sick, so I use it for, um, for huh. the hospital huh. or something um, actually happens. And so I find myself using this money. But actually, when um, I, we teach our people and tell them that actually when you use what you have, there is a way in which God comes through. There is a way in which the Lord protects us. <coughs> Sorry. There is a way in which um, uh, the Lord would take care of uh, all the other things that we um, uh, 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 that we have. I remember several years ago, um, and, and 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 this is actually something I learned from my parents: the aspect of of, of giving. Several years ago, um, I was working as a missionary in one of the um, uh, towns here in Kenya, the eastern part of the country, and uh, it was among the Muslims. Mm. And so um, uh, there is a neighbor that had an issue, and actually I used um, um, all the money I had that day. Actually, what I did, um, uh, it was on a Sunday. So I was going to church. I had put aside um, money that I was going to give as, as an offering. And then um, uh, whatever later that was remaining uh, was going to be for my upkeep uh, the whole week. But then this neighbor had a problem and I felt the Lord was um, uh, leading me to give whatever I had. So I gave it out. Uh, at that time, I had um, only one child. And, and, and so uh, my wife told me this was not very wise of you. You've given everything that we had. And so what are we going to do the whole week? Mm. How are we going to survive? Uh, but by God's grace, the following day, and that was a Monday, uh, there is a church um, uh, in Nairobi that were praying for the missionaries. So actually the following day, um, I was able to get, um, uh, they'd made some love offering. And so I got it the following day. And it was more, almost five times what I had actually given the previous, ah. uh, the, the, the previous day. And so one of the things that I've learned over the years is that uh, um, um, the only way in which the Lord would bless whatever we have is when we share it. Mm. When we um, uh, uh, keep it to ourselves, it just remains the particular amount or the particular thing that we had. But when we, we, we share it out, of course, we share the joy of Christ with the people that receive. You'll hear them saying, God bless you, uh, whether they are believers or not. Once you give out something, once you share the joy of Christ with them, once you share something, they would say, God bless you. And so again, the glory comes back to God. And so that's why even though people are, uh, um, are, are needy, uh, one of the things that we've learned is that um, uh, sharing the joy of what we have been given actually um, um, means that we are sharing the joy without the joy with of Christ with them, but at the same time we have that joy uh, amongst ourselves. And sometimes we we do this to um, the people that are even hated by the community. Like um, the other time I was sharing with you about. Uh, 
uh, during 2017, we had elections and um, uh, there was a lot of brutality from the police. And so they would um, uh, beat so many people. And so people hated the police around um, uh, that time. But somehow the Lord laid in our hearts as um, uh, members of the church that we needed to reach out to the police with the love of Christ and tell them that we actually appreciate uh, the work that you are doing. If there are any negative things, then it would be uh, good for you to look uh, for ways on how you can correct this. And so uh, as a church, we organized a meeting and um, some policemen were sent to the church. We prayed together with them. We had an opportunity to uh, ask questions, a question and answer kind of. And um, uh, they were able to share with us uh, that sometimes they are under a lot of stress. And so when we see the kind of things that are happening to them, we should actually understand, but also have an opportunity to share with them uh, uh, the way we were sharing with them. And this was really a very good opportunity uh, for us also to pray for the police. Mm-hmm. After that, we uh, we gave them Christmas gift. Uh, we, we, we took um, a load um, um, to the police station and we shared a Christmas gift with them. And they were so happy that at least there was a church that was thinking about them, that had wanted to pray with them, and a church that had thought of giving them Christmas gift. In the all of their lives, they say they had never received any gift from the church. So we we actually do all this uh, just to uh, show people that actually God loves them and God appreciates the work that they're doing. Mm. So you you diffused a uh, a, a violent a uh, difficult situation between the population and and the police by by loving both sides and therefore bringing in um, sort of lowering the temperature as it were and bringing in dialogue and uh, and caring yes. caring for everyone so so seeking to not not attack fire with fire as it were but a, but yes. a put out fire with love. That is true. That's correct. And so, uh, one thing that inspires me: uh, people listening on the radio, you know, or on the uh, computer, you can't see, but uh, Mishach is in front of a picture of uh, a church that they're planning to build, and they they haven't got enough money to do it, uh, collecting money to do it. But, however, you inform me that um, a big chunk, uh, a big an amount of money, um, you you put together, you gather together. Uh, but then you use this for was it food baskets or Christmas baskets? I, I forget. Uh, you collected yes. food for those who were struggling with um, uh, the problems that COVID has brought to, to the world. You know, people were hungry, people were without things, and so rather than uh, you know build something for yourselves, the church used the money that it had in order to provide for those who who uh, who were without. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Last year, um, at the height of the pandemic, uh, um, we had collected some money that um, we were putting together uh, so that we could build um, a, a sanctuary, and uh, which is actually going to cost us a lot of money, almost um, uh, 200,000 uh, US. Mm. And uh, um, we... Um, there were so many hungry people because many people with the lockdown, there was uh, 
loss of jobs and uh, um, so many people were actually hungry. So we decided uh, with the board of the church to use part of the money to um, uh, provide food uh, for uh, for the neighbors. And actually, they were drawn from some of the informal settlements within uh, the city where where we minister. And uh, um, the people were so happy. Actually, one of the ladies who um, actually was a beneficiary of this um, um, used to work in a, in a children's home, but that children's home was closed again because of lack of uh, funding. And she took in with uh, some uh, uh, seven children who are not hers. And she also had her own children. So when we heard about it, she was actually part of the group that we were able to give uh, uh, to give food. And she was so grateful to God um, uh, that we were able to do this. And uh, uh, the members of the church were also happy that they were able really to minister to their neighbors through this. And uh, um, at first, uh, some of the leaders were wondering why would we uh, use the money that is designated for uh, the church building for something else. But I said, you know, um, right now, what is so much important is to meet the needs of the people around us. The building... Mm-hmm. Of course, we are in one building, even though it is not good. It's uh, made of timber and corrugated iron. Uh, but he said we can still use this. But the most immediate thing, yeah, is to, uh, to, to minister to these people. That's wonderful. You've been listening to The Kingdom and its stories. Mechach, a big thank you to you. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.